We're in for a big year as Equippers Churches. Last week I was in Equippers Manila. And it's so exciting just to see what God's doing there, just going from strength to strength. Also had some meetings because uh, we're planning the launch of Equippers Calcutta uh, this year. So exciting times. God's moving, things are happening, and there's a stretch, there's an expansion going on. Well, aren't you glad you're part of the kingdom? This kingdom, this new life that God gives us, that He has on offer, where we're able to see things from a different perspective. Well, to look at, we are able to look at things as they really are. You know, so often many people say this kingdom is an upside-down kingdom. It's simply because when Jesus said, "If you want to be great in the kingdom, you've got to learn to serve," how many know that's counterintuitive? That, that goes against what our flesh wants to do. He says, hey, in this kingdom, if you want to live, you've got to die. You've got, you got to surrender your life. He said, in this kingdom, if you want to increase, how, how many want to increase this year, by the way? If you want to increase, he says, you've got to give things away. So it's this upside down kingdom. And so often we miss out on what God has for us simply because we don't understand how the kingdom works. In fact, many people today, they want kingdom answers, but they're not prepared to live by kingdom principles. And it's these principles that enable us and empower us to access this kingdom. This kingdom is not just upside down, it's lived inside out, inside out. In the world, many people are looking for something on their outside to satisfy an inner longing. But in the kingdom, unless it's on the inside, it doesn't really matter. God starts His work on the inside, and the outside, when you work on the inside, the outside takes care of itself. And it's important for us to understand this because in a year which we're calling heart and soul, we're saying let's give attention, let's give focus to the inside. Uh, let's look at the inside, realizing if we do that, everything on the outside, the answers we're believing for, the growth that we're longing to see, will just take care of itself. But we're going to look on the inside. Well, let's go in our Bibles this morning, every location to Joshua chapter 1. Let's go to Joshua chapter 1. I'm going to read it, nine verses of Scripture that I believe are going to speak to you. Joshua chapter 1, verse 1. It says, and after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua. I really believe God wants to speak to you this morning. How many are expecting a word from God this morning? Come on, I want your spirit so open. It says, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant is dead. He already knew that. It started off, in fact, in verse 1, after the death of Moses. But what was God saying to, Mo, uh, to Joshua by saying that Moses was dead? I really believe he was announcing a new season. He, he was announcing a new day. I, I really believe God today wants to announce over you a new season. It doesn't matter what happened last year, whether it be good or bad. I want to declare that we're living in a new day, in a new time. Moses, my servant, is dead. He says, now, for, now therefore, arise, 
and go over to this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I'm giving them, the children of Israel. Every place, somebody say every place. Every place that the sole of your foot would tread, I have given you, as I said to Moses, from the wilderness and this, Leban and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and to the great sea towards the going down of the sun shall be your territory. I really believe this year we're going to take territory in Jesus' name. Everywhere you place the sole of your foot. It says, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. That's good news this morning. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Verse 6, it says, be strong and of good courage, for, for to this people shall divide as an inheritance, the land which I swore to the fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do all according to the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn to, uh, from it to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth but you shall observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. How many know God wants to give us good success? Come on, good success this year. You have good success. Have not I commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Where's God? He's with you. He, he's with you. He, he's with you. The same God that was with Moses is with you, and He's with you wherever you go. Now, now I love reading the Old Testament. The Old Testament has so much in it when you read it through New Testament eyes. And so much of what the Israelites journeyed physically, you know, they lived out on the outside. As a New Testament believer, we, we journey inwardly and we journey spiritually. Uh, they physically lived it out, but the principles and the things that they faced are so often things that we face. There's a metaphor in the Old Testament that can be applied spiritually in the New Testament. It's like this. If you're saved, you once lived in Egypt. Some of you go, I've never been to Egypt. Well, you used to have a home there. But if you're saved, you no longer live in Egypt. You've crossed a Red Sea. You've crossed the Red Sea and you've been delivered. You're no longer a slave. You're no longer a slave. You've been set free. And this new life awaits you. Uh, the power of sin and death has been broken because of what Jesus did on the cross. And it's symbolic of the, like the Israelites who are in Egypt and slavery being delivered and set free from their oppressor. Uh, now, if we're believers in Jesus, we are free to worship. Uh, you see, there's this picture, and we've got to read the Old Testament through New Testament eyes. See, many of us 
if we're here today, uh, some of us, if not all of us, haven't experienced a wilderness in our lifetime. How, how many know what it is to live in a wilderness? Uh, a wilderness is where you go round and round and it feels like you're not making much progress. For some of us here today, that's our current location. If Google was to locate us, you know, map us out, we'll find ourselves in that place. We've been set free, we're safe, but we're still thinking like we thought before we got saved. Uh, we're in a different location, but we still have the same mentality. We still have a slave's mentality. Yeah, we've been delivered from Egypt, but Egypt hasn't been delivered out of us. It's still in us, and we're in this wilderness, and we're not making progress. We've got a slave's mentality. Even when you're in this wilderness, sometimes, like the Israelites, you can think it's better back in Egypt. You start craving the leaks of Egypt. You know, it's amazing how many Christians get saved and they look at their friends who are unsaved and they start craving and desiring things from their old life. You know, that's what happened in the Israelites and it happens to many believers spiritually. What's on the outside applies to us on the inside. Now, it's the same with the promised land. God eventually takes the children of Israel through Joshua into this promised land where they find it's the fulfillment of all that He promised. I, I believe God wants to bring fulfillment to every prophetic word that He's spoken over your life. God didn't just give you a word to be sadistic, to hold a carrot out in front of you that you'll never eat. God, God's a God who's true to His word. And each and every one of us have a promise to possess. Many people have promises that they never possess. But God wants to take us into our promises here. And just like Joshua, I believe he would speak to us this morning and say, Be strong and of good courage. The title of my message this morning is Courage at Its Core. Courage at Its Core. Because for many of us, when we think about courage, we think of death-defying acts, jumping off cliffs into to rivers. Uh, we, we think of doing crazy stunts, maybe on bicycles. We, we think of parachuting. We think of, of things like that. But we don't really understand the nature of courage and where courage comes from. And see, if you're to inherit your promised land, you're going to need some courage. Here, the Israelites, for them to possess their promise, they needed to defeat some giants. And it's the same with you and I. Those giants aren't on the outside of us. The difference is they are in us. The giants that you and I face are in our heads and in our hearts. They're the things that intimidate us. They're the things that scare us. Giants like giants of fear, giants of unbelief, giants of insecurity, giants of pride, uh, giants of self-reliance, giants of selfish ambition stop us moving. 
And as T.D. Jakes would say, my enemy is not outside of me. My enemy is the enemy. The enemy is my enemy. And if I can't conquer it on the inside, I'll never conquer it on the outside. So often we look at the problems we face in life and we attribute you know, what we need to overcome to what's outside of us. I want to declare right at the start of this series, Inside Out, that your greatest challenge is inside of you. Your enemy is the enemy. My problem and my answer are not outside of me. My problem and my answer is in me. See, if we work on the inside, he'll, he'll take care of the outside. You know, in life, so many people are trying to get the outside all nice and neat and pretty. But inside, there's an emptiness. In fact, Jesus rebuked the Pharisees because what they'll do is they'll clean the outside of the dish and leave the inside of the dish dirty. He said to them, hey, if you clean the inside of the dish, uh, the outside will take care of itself. You know, those things that you're believing for, you're hoping for, they will come to pass if you work on the inner man. Uh, we want to ask this question, who are you when no one's looking? Why do we want to ask that? Because that's the real you. Uh, that's who you really are. Uh, you can change your location physically, but wherever you are, there you'll be. That's deep right there. You know, wherever you are, there you are. How many know you can't escape you? Sometimes I'd like to escape me, but I'm stuck with me. Wherever I am, you know, that, that dream over there, so often we look over the fence and think the grass is greener. But guess what? If you jump over the fence, you go over there, you are going to be there. And you are, are your biggest problem. You know, it's time some of us started being nice to ourselves. Some of us are mean to ourselves. And if we can work on the inside of us, if you can work on the you, you'll grow and you'll increase. Many of us want to move forward, but we're neglecting the inner person. It's time to grow you. And as we discover from Joshua, if we're going to move forward, if we're going to move forward, it's going to take courage. You're going to need courage. Courage is not an option for a Christian. It's not an option. It's not for special people. It's not for the adrenaline junkies out there. No, courage is a requirement for each and every one of us to enter into our promised land. Be strong and be very courageous. See, see, life shrinks or expands in proportion to your courage. That the size of your life is actually a, reflect, a reflection of the courage in your heart. See, our culture has, has this thing of over-romanticizing and overlooking courage at the same time. I like what Mark Twain said. Mark Twain said, physical courage is common. Moral courage is rare. Physical courage is common. It's all around the world today. It's common. But moral courage is rare. And so many people 
Link courage just to physical acts and death-defying stunts. But here God's saying to Joshua, he's saying, be strong. Some of us are strong already right now. Some of you have been working out at the gym over summer. You're strong. But the question I want to ask is, what are you using your strength for? Because some of us are just going to the gym to get strong, to pose, to flex. There's no purpose to your strength other than just looking good. That's why you put in all that effort and that energy. It's just to look good. What are you using your strength for? See, he says, be strong, and he doesn't leave it there. He doesn't stop there. He says, be strong. In other words, use your strength to be courageous. Be strong and be of good courage. Isn't it interesting that he said, be of good courage? Be of good. That implies that there's bad courage. Uh, there's bad courage. How I many know getting drunk? There's bad courage. Because you're not in control. You can do some crazy stuff when you're out of control. How many know taking drugs, that's bad courage. You've got to have some courage, but that's bad courage. That's bad courage. You know, there's a difference between good courage and bad courage. And he says, be strong and be of good courage. Here's the thing when it comes down to courage is, is courage is manifest in our everyday activities. In our everyday activities, every day we're making choices as to whether uh, we are a, a we're, whether we're courageous or whether we're a coward. Every day, you know, we're making these choices between the right thing and the convenient thing. Uh, we're making these decisions between personal comfort and conviction. Uh, these decisions, whether we stay where we are or, or we let some stuff go and we venture into the unknown. Uh, one person said, courage is a love affair with the unknown. Some of you like familiarity. But if you're to possess your promise, you've got to let go of what's familiar. And you've got to pursue God in a way and, uh, and believe that He's going to lead you and He's going to guide you and take you into all that He said. I like Bill Hybels in his book, and I really encourage you to buy the book, Who You Are When No One's Looking. Uh, you know, we did this series because I went back into my spiritual journey, and uh, I looked at something that really had a massive impact on my life as an 18-year-old. Uh, a lot of the principles I learned in this book still stand with me today. Uh, who You Are When No One's Looking. And I, I like what Bill Hybels says about courage. And about Christianity, because many people in the world today think Christianity is for the weak. It's for those who need a, a crutch. And he goes on to say it takes immense courage to be a Christian, to live as a Christian. Not, not just immense courage to become one, uh, but to live as one. Because here's the deal, if you're a believer, you have to own up to your sin. That takes courage. You have to tell the truth about yourself. That, that means if you've lied, if you've hurt people, if you cheated, if you're greedy, 
if you're dishonest, if you've been unfaithful, if you're self-centered, you've got to own it. Come on, how many know that takes courage? And unless you own it, you won't dethrone it. Now, now many people, when they think of just doing that, that terrifies them. Like some people right now looking for the exit. Don't worry, we're not. But, But who in their right mind would be that open and that vulnerable with God and with other people? Because how many know confession, that can be painful. It can be humiliating. It's dang right, uncomfortable. But how many know it's the right thing to do? And and we have all these arguments in in our head as to why we should just leave it buried, why we should hide. It goes on in all of us. Uh, But to confess, man, that takes courage. Saying, get me out of here quick. And we bow because admitting the truth would be too embarrassing. Admitting the truth would do that would be too humiliating. So we don't do it, and what do we do? We pretend. That's what we do. We pretend. Uh, We dismiss stuff and say, well, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. I'm all right. I've lived a pretty good life. Uh, well, at, at least I'm not as bad as that person. Man, they've got some issues, that person. I'm all right. I'm, I'm doing all right. No, no, courage. You've got to understand one thing about courage is courage is a heart word. In fact, at, at the root of this word, there's a Latin word spelled C-O-R, which means heart, heart. So it's a heart word. And in the earliest forms of the meaning of courage is to speak one's mind by telling all one's heart. Or another way of saying that is to tell the story of who you are with your whole heart. That's what courage is. To tell the story of who you are with your whole heart. In other words, not leaving anything out. That's courage. A little bit different to how society defines it. Because in society, we're taught to put up marks. We're we're taught, it doesn't matter who you are when you're by yourself. If it's just you, you do whatever you want. But how many know our lives are never lived in isolation? And people would say, you know, do whatever in the privacy of your own home. But, but I want to say, who you are when no one's looking is who you really are. And real courage comes from the heart, and it has to do with virtue and integrity. How many believe the world would be a better place if everybody had, had virtue and lived with integrity? I, I reckon some big things in the world would get fixed. Some massive things in the world would get fixed if we all made a decision to be more virtuous and to live with integrity. See, here's the deal though. Without courage, you can't practice any other virtue consistently. Without courage, you can't do that. How how many in 2017 want to be more disciplined? Anybody lift up your hand? Come on. Anybody willing to admit that you can be your true self? Uh, Yeah. You know, it's all good. 
spiritually disciplined? How many want to be in a devotional life in 2017? Come on, read the Bible. How many want to be more physically disciplined in 2017? Anybody out there? Anybody been eating a whole lot of junk over Christmas and feeling guilty right now and saying, I need to do something about this? Physically, uh, what about financially? How many want to be more financially disciplined uh, this year? You know, all you spenders out there, it's like, yeah. Here's the deal. Uh, the first thing you need to do to move forward is own where you're at. You need to own where you're at. And the reality is some of us are afraid of that because that means we have to admit that we're not as close to God as we pretend to be. Yeah, we may come to church on Sunday, but that's about the only God space in our week. Uh, We haven't picked up the Bible for some time. Uh, We don't have a regular devotion. Our our prayer life is distant. Yeah, we acknowledge God when we're around other people, but privately, uh, He's nowhere to be seen. Yeah, you know, we're on social media, we're feeding ourselves other things, but we're not connecting with God. Here's the deal. If you do something publicly that you don't do privately, you have good reason to check your motive. Yeah, you know, if you do something publicly that there's not a private foundation to, You've embraced religion. Their power comes from the secret place. See, if you do it over here, it will be natural to do it in public. But if you do it in public, you're putting on a performance. That's what you're doing. You're just putting on a performance. And there's no substance to what you're doing. And that's what Jesus addressed time and time again. Because the Pharisees, they, they were like whitewashed tombs, all clean on the outside. Hey, look at us, look at us. But on the inside, he said, you're full of dead man's bones. I believe God wants to bring strength to our lives. See, see, many of us know what to do, but we're too chicken to do it. Come on, up in my hand. Hey, we know what to do, but we're too chicken to own up. We don't have the intestinal fortitude to tell the truth about who we really are. Some of us haven't picked up our Bible for years. And you're afraid of admitting that. Because it'll be a little bit painful. It might be a tad embarrassing. But you're too chicken to admit the obvious. How many know? Sometimes we think we're covering stuff up, but everybody else can see it. I'm not struggling. I'm I'm okay. I'm okay. No, you're not. (laughs) No, you're not. I'm okay. You know, everybody else can see you're struggling. You're doing it tough. You're under it. Uh, But you're... you put up this thing. No, I'm okay. I I like God to Joshua. He says, I command you to be strong and of good courage. It's like, oh, well, if you feel like being courageous, Joshua, you know, no, no, I command you, Joshua, 
Be strong and of good courage. Come on, don't use your strength for stupid things. Use your strength to to exercise good courage, which is to tell the story of who you are with your whole heart. With your whole heart. Psalm 31 verse 24 says, Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart, all you who hope in the Lord. Come on. In every location, we want to build meaningful relationships. I'll, I'll finish that off. Meaningful relationships. But that's going to take courage. It takes courage to build a great marriage. It, it takes courage to raise kids. Do I get an amen from all the parents? Amen. To put boundaries around your kids. You know, sometimes, you know, kids, they're relentless. They don't give up. Can I have this? No. 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 Can I have this? Okay. Have it. Come on, how many? It takes courage to keep saying no. Go to bed. When I said go to bed. It takes courage because, you know, we want them to be our friend, but ultimately we're their parents. And I've found sometimes you can't be their friend because you've got to be their parent. And that means sometimes they're going to say, I hate you. Well, hate me. I don't care. Go to bed in Jesus' name. Come on, all the parents out there. It takes courage to put boundaries around your kids. To help them grow up and have character. It takes courage to be moral at work. You know, when when there's a shortcut offered to turn that down because it's not morally right. It takes courage to remain pure in a sexualized society. It it takes courage not to push that click. Not to push that. It takes courage. That's courage. And that's the courage that needs to be celebrated. See, if, if, if you want significant relationships... You've got to get beyond talking about the weather. Yeah. Oh, isn't it interesting? The warriors dropped out of the nines. Yeah, that is interesting. That's heart-wrenching, in fact. But, but we've got to get beyond that. Uh, you know, we need to get a little bit more real. Uh, that's why joining a small group is so important. It takes courage to join a small group. Because... In a small group, the whole thing is you're there to challenge one another. Oh, I don't want to be challenged. It might get a bit personal. But we serve a personal God. And the reason why you plateau is because you haven't addressed the inner person. The inner person. See, see, an e-group is about fighting for each other's spiritual success. Say, I love you. So much that I, I can't handle you being distant from what all the things that God has for you. It, it takes courage to follow God's leadings and to, and to the promise. That's why he said to Jonathan, uh, not Jonathan, uh, Joshua, he said, Be very, be very courageous. See, courage is not taking shortcuts. Courage comes from your core. Some of us have been working our arms. Some of us have been working our chest. We've been working everything else. 
but our core. Some of us now, right now, we need to get down on the floor and we need to do some spiritual planks. See that? See that? Don't worry, soon I'm going to shake. Because my core's not that strong. And when your core's not strong, you begin to shake and you begin to get out of breath. Don't worry, I can't preach this way that long. Yeah, but that's what we need to build. We're off balance because we don't have a strong core. At our core, we're not courageous. And God wants us to be courageous at our core. Come on, if you want to grow your core this year, give God a clap of praise. Come on, come on. See, what you've got to understand is courage is foundational for a believer. It's foundational. Uh, Christian and coward don't go together. Yeah, just like silent and woman don't go together. Ooh. Just like champion Australian. No, sorry. Uh, yeah. Christian and coward, they don't go together. You know, Christian and boring don't go together either. Christian and coward, they don't go together. If you're bored as a Christian, it's not because of God. It's probably because of you. You got religious. And that's why you got bored. That's why you slept in on a Sunday morning and didn't come to church. Because if you knew the life-giving power of Jesus living on the inside of you, you'd be excited about worshiping. You'd want to dig deeper into His Word. You'd wake up in the morning and say, man, I can't wait to read my Bible. Christian and Cal, they don't go together. What, what courage is, is it, it's the resistance to fear. It's the resistance to fear. Because in God's love, there's no fear. It's, it's the come as you are. See, you don't need to have it all together to come to Jesus. You just need to come as you are. I like what Jesus said in John chapter 4. He said this. Let's read it out. Verse 23, it says, But the hour is coming and, is, and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit. Listen to this. In spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship Him. God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship Him in, in spirit and truth. I'll say it again. In spirit and truth. truth. In spirit and truth. Uh, in other words, in relationship, in spirit, and in truth, in honesty. In relationship, and honesty. If we don't worship Him in relationship and honesty, do we really worship Him? Here's what's sad for many of us. Uh, we, we come to Christ because we acknowledge we're sinners. Uh, then we spend the rest of our lives trying to prove that we're not. I'm all good. No, you need to grow. If you're like me, you still struggle with some stuff. You, you got, if you're like me, you've got some things that you need to overcome. See, see, when your real self comes into relationship with God, something powerful happens. Something powerful happens that we all desire. 
we grow. We change. But as long as God's related to our pretend self, our fake self, nothing changes. And we get disillusioned. That's why when we come to Jesus, we've got to come in spirit and truth. Henry Cloud, a psychologist, he's, he's got, he says this. If your true self is hiding, your false self takes over. And it's your false self that conforms to the pattern of this world. It's your false self. It can never access the kingdom because it's always giving an image that they think other people want to hear and, and they want to see. And it conforms. That's why who you are when no one's looking is really important. See, your false self is what you present to others. It's a false front. It's what you think others will accept. But when you do that, your real self goes into hiding. And God knows it. But sometimes we think, oh, I'm hiding from God. It's like Adam and Eve in the garden when they sinned. Where are you, Adam? He knew exactly where they were. You know, they're covering themselves with leaves. How many know those leaves didn't do a great job? <laughs> Some other things that you right now are using to cover yourself, they're not doing a great job. God knows where you are, but it's for you to admit where you are. You know, Adam and Eve trying to hide from God, that's ridiculous. Some of you right now are trying to hide from God. But God knows. He knows what you're struggling with. He knows your challenge. He knows what, where you're at. And here's the good news today. You can come to Him unashamed. You know, for a long time, you know, I'm quite a private person. My wife's not. Um, you know, everything you see is what she is. And uh, you know, I, I'd keep my issues to myself. Yeah, largely, uh, keep my struggles. Uh, I didn't want anyone to know. I wanted to pretend I was okay, but there were times I weren't, especially when I got uh, diagnosed with an incurable disease, and, you know, I, I didn't want to tell anyone. Uh, Kathy was going, we're going to tell people. I go, no, no, don't want to tell anyone. Don't want to tell. No, I, I just I was, I was throwing up. I was doing a whole lot of things, but, you know, I didn't want anybody to see me like that in that state. And uh, because I didn't tell anyone, you know, in, at a time I didn't even go to the doctor. In fact, I was, I was green, literally green, filled with, had septicemia before I actually went to hospital. Stupid, stubborn mule. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and ended up having a couple of major operations because simply I was, I didn't want anyone to know. Even when I was in the hospital, I was going, take no photos, I don't want anyone to know. You know just a few. But I, I look back on that, I'm going, man, you're an idiot. Because if people knew, they could have prayed. But because nobody knew, they didn't pray. I, I was turning away, in a lot of regards, the help I needed. 
And in today's society, we celebrate self-sufficiency. We pride ourselves on being self-sufficient. I don't need anyone. But that's not how God has designed it. I don't need to go to a group. Yes, you do. Jesus needed a small group. What makes you think you don't? You can't work this thing out by yourself. Get rid of that self-sufficiency. It came to a point where, man, I was in there so long, everybody had to know what everybody knew. And it was a breaking down of this pride that I had, this facade that I've been trying to maintain. I'm all right. I'll work this through by myself. But the reality was I wasn't good. I needed people around me. And I was in danger of turning away the very thing that I needed. I want to say, if you're not part of a community, a relational community, don't turn away the very thing that you need. Here at church on Sunday, it's important. It's about celebration. But growth happens as we become courageous. And we tell the story of our lives with our whole heart. That's what Paul said in Ephesians. He said this in Ephesians 4.20. He said, that, however, is not the way of life you learned. When you heard about Christ, you were taught in Him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to the former way of life. To put off your old self which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. Come on, how many have got some deceitful desires? I reckon we should all lift our hand right there. You know, here's the deal. Everybody thinks, oh man, I'm the only one going through this. No, look around the room. There's probably not a person who hasn't gone through what you're struggling, through, uh, struggling with right now. Put out, being corrupted by its deceitful desires to be made new in the attitude of your minds, to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Listen to this, verse 25. Therefore, each of you, each of you, must put off falsehood. Get rid of this false self and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we're all members of one body. Here's the deal. At Equippers, we don't claim to be perfect. But we do strive to be authentic. And one of the biggest giants that we need to overcome is the giant of guilt and shame. It's the greatest barrier to growth in all of our lives. Because what guilt and shame do, they send us into hiding. And if we hide, we can't get help. Come on, you're not self-sufficient. Own that right there. I can get through this by myself. No, you can't. It's not the way that you've been designed. It's not the way that God's formed you. It's not the way He's fashioned you. It's not the way that His purpose works. We're called into community. And see, the the moment you get honest with your hopelessness is the moment you begin to find hope. The, The moment you acknowledge I can't do this. The moment you humble yourself, is there you discover grace. 
That's why Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 3, he said, blessed are the poor in spirit. How many want to be blessed? Uh, how many want to be blessed this year? Lift your hand high if you want to be blessed. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. If we want to live in this kingdom that's full of righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Ghost, you know, we've got to come to God poor in spirit. Acknowledging our need. And the kingdom where Jesus operates is full of grace and truth. Next week, we're going to talk about grace and truth. Because Jesus wasn't just full of grace. He was full of grace and truth. He wasn't just full of truth. He was full of truth and grace. See, if you're just full of truth, you're in danger of becoming legalistic. And that's the problem with many churches over the years is they've been legalistic. And what that's done is it's caused people to go into hiding even further. But I want to say, we're, we're a church that wants to see grace and truth in operation. Man, I've got a powerful message next week. You want to be part of it. We're going to talk about discipline and how that works and how God wants to grow you from the inside out. See, when you're a legalist, here's the deal. It's unacceptable to have problems. To be called a sinner, but that's what we are. But in a community of grace and truth, it's unacceptable to be perfect. I want to say, at Equippers Church, it's unacceptable to be perfect. It's unacceptable to say you don't need somebody else. It's unacceptable because that is denial. That is denial. Stop denying the truth. See, one on the outside. You know, legalism, it looks better but gets worse. The other, it looks worse, but it gets better. I'll say that again. One looks better on the outside, whitewashed tombs, but it gets worse. One looks worse. But it gets better. It gets better. Encourage focuses on the issues of the heart. It's your heart language. Courage. One person once called it heart rage. C-O-R. There's a U in there, but C-O-R, which means heart and rage. Some of you, you know, you're doing things on the outside and you're thinking it'll bring change. You're thinking it'll bring the joy that you hope. You're thinking it'll bring life and peace. Friend, don't buy into an illusion. Don't let the enemy trick you. Because unless you get peace on the inside, peace will be fleeting. It'll come and go. But when you have it on the inside, it doesn't matter what's on the outside. It doesn't matter what's going on around you. So many of us, we look for happiness and joy. If I just won that $18 million Powerball last night, my problems would all be solved in Jesus' name. Come on, some of you thought like that. I've thought like that in the past. And I've had to come back to the scripture where it says an inheritance gained quickly will not be blessed in the end. 
It won't satisfy your needs. It won't bring happiness to you. Come on, do the studies. Look them up. 90% of people, 95% of people who've won lots of wish they never had won it. And they're often in a worse place before they won it. But yet we buy into the illusion. If I had that, if I went out with her, if, no, what makes a good couple is healthy individuals. Is how get yourself healthy, and then you'll bring your healthy self into that relationship. And two healthy people make a great marriage. That person can't meet all your needs. Only God can meet all your needs. Look to Him. Who are you when no one's looking? Because if you like that person, you're going to like life. You're going to enjoy life in Jesus' name. Come on, let's be courageous this morning. We're not here to embarrass anybody. But we're here to say, come on, be courageous. Physical courage, common. Moral courage is real. Come on right now, if you're just saying, God, I want to grow. I want to become more courageous. I want to take my promised land. How about just standing? Everybody's standing right where you are. But you're saying, that's me. There's some things I know I need to confront. Some of you already know what you need to do, but you've been procrastinating. You've been pushing it off. You're thinking the answer's going to be coming another way. But just through this message, you can sense the Holy Spirit. And you're saying, Sam, I need to respond to that today. How about lifting your hands? Come on, wherever the Holy Spirit's speaking. on. This is you owning it. This is you acknowledging it. This is you taking responsibility. Because if you'd acknowledge, if you'd have courage to be your true self, tell the story of who you really are with your whole heart and say God will come and begin a work of change and transformation in your heart and God we come to you this morning and we present our whole heart we come out of hiding we come out of shame we come out of guilt we remove fear right now in Jesus name And we bring our hearts to You. We're saying, God, by Your grace and by Your truth, bring a change. Bring life. And bring freedom. I love the freedom that only You can bring. God, we come to You in relationship and honesty this morning. Come on, God knows exactly what you're bringing to Him. But I want you in this moment, in relationship and honesty, to worship. Come on, God wants to hear your heart's cry. You can trust in Him this morning.